This is Allison O'Toole of the Toronto Comics Anthology, and you're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box. Schmeagle's still a bitch. It's Thinking Outside the Long Box. Once a bitch, always a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So you, we didn't talk about it the last one, but you learned a lot about Smeagol. He used to be a type of hobbit yeah. um, that's being discussed in the Rings of Power. You, his race isn't being discussed, and but he's one of them. hideous. He was hideous? Back when he was a hobbit, I don't know what makeup they put on him, but they, they made him look... He looks better as Smeagol. <laughs> that dude was not getting any. It was pretty cool to watch the transformation from Hobbit to, to Gollum. It was pretty cool. But, yes, he is a bitch in this movie. He leads them to Shelob's, uh the back way into uh, Mordor, essentially. Yeah. He leads them to Shelob, the big giant, giant fucking spider. Um, and the towers have been lit for King Theoden to go to Minas Tirith and help out. Um, in the last movie, so they're going there. Um, I think the, that's the whole crew, isn't it? Who yeah, well, yeah, they find Merry and Pippin at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah, They find Merry and Pippin at Isengard. Obviously high as fuck, because <laughs> the weed is weed. Off of the leaf? Yeah. <laughs> they're, like, super stoned eating everything. Uh, super stoned. They are. You can see their faces. They were clearly told to act high there, if they were acting. Um, yeah, Worm Tongue kills Saruman. Yes. <clears throat> Proving we should have a... just killed Worm Tongue in the beginning. I don't know if you ever seen the small little interview that uh, Chris, Chris, Christopher Lee, right? That's his real name. Uh, yeah, he, so he used to be as a part of the like British Secret Service. And when they, took, when they directed him to do that scene, he was essentially like, no, that's not how you act if you get stabbed in the back. And so that kind of... The taken breath away is something that he told Peter Jackson what happened when Grima stabs him in the back. And so everybody was like, all right, like he's kind of a badass. We should listen to what he says. Yeah. But I thought that was a pretty cool little thing. But you don't see the him. I don't think in the in the movie theaters, I don't think you see the him falling to his death scene. I don't, you don't. I think that was cut out. It was. But I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, you're right. They find Marion Pippin. And they're like, they essentially try to be like, hey, come down and just tell us what's going on and you won't die. Like, yeah. We don't want to kill you. We just need you to tell us what the fuck's happening. And he dies anyways. Yeah. He essentially tries to kill Gandalf in a fucking flame and Gandalf's like, yeah, get that off of me. <laughs> Gandalf's too good now. It's like, I take from you your power. <laughs> yeah, your Breaks staff the staff. Broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The worm tongue's like, and he's like, oh, he takes a head nosedive right on top of that fucking spiked thing, which is ominous. <laughs> it was it was a spiked uh, w- w- thing for water. It's it's essentially I, I don't know the water. I don't know why it had spikes. I've seen a lot of those things that are not adorned with spikes. Like think- I mean, it, he wouldn't have died any less had he just landed on a flat piece of wood. But so, do you think from that height, if it was not, it it was, but if it was blunt, I feel like you'd still probably go through it. Okay. If it was still like a pole, like a blunt pole, you're probably still going through it. I think he would have exploded that thing regardless from that height. <laughs> I think he would have like exploded a car. You landed on a car from that height, so yeah, it probably wouldn't have held up. 
I mean, regardless of what happened to the structure, he would have died. <laughs> but I like how it's like stabbed in the back, takes a nosedive, gets impaled on this thing, and then this thing like tilts and drowns him as well. And like he is fucking dead. So Isengard has completely fallen. One of the towers from the last ten. Mm, Treebeard hits him with like a cold line. He's like, "The evil of Saruman washes away." <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so uh, they find a Palantir from the first movie in this in the in Isengard's tower, and it essentially like corrupts uh, Mary Pippin. He looks into it because he's dumb. It doesn't corrupt him. It just he sees it and he it gets freaks out. He gets freaked. Yeah. Which is I don't that that was one of the other parts. There's a lot of parts of this movie that I'm like I just I love the movie. Oh, Any... I didn't even say what we're talking about. We're talking about Return of the King, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah. Just jumped right in. This is a lot of Lord of Rings. <laughs> but I love this movie anyway, but a lot of the motivations are random. Like, he sees it, the image, and he's clearly, like, freaked out. And this, I'm just going based on his... Like it's frozen to it. Yeah, this is basically, like, what I'm going on based on his actions. Not what was written, but, like, how he acted. Right. And he's clearly not like, he wasn't like, oh man, that was cool. He was like, that was fucking fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And then Gandalf's like, don't fucking look at that. And he's like, oh shit, don't try to look at that. But then later he steals it again. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like, I fucking hated it the first time. <laughs> <laughs> They're stealing the second time. So, The Return of the King is a 2003 epic fantasy adventure film directed by Peter Jackson from a screenplay by all the people I said last time. And it stars all the people I said last time as well. <laughs> yeah. Ian Holm, Viggo Mortensen, you know all the people. Come on. Um, I didn't talk about how many, how much money these have made, but it's a fucking lot. Yeah. The first one, I think, made $800 million. Uh, this was a budget of $94 million, and it made $1.146 billion. This is fucking an insane amount of money. <laughs> That's why I don't even understand like the hesitancy for future projects. I'm like, just keep throwing the wheelbarrows at the Tolkien's till they give in. They will. <laughs> Everyone has a wheelbarrow number. I don't the, care who you are. The Return of the King has a 93% critic score and an 86% audience score. So it's probably the lowest of, of how, who has liked these movies. But I feel like it's the lowest movie, though, because I feel like it has the most problems. Like I said, there's that problem with the plant. There's the problem with the, like, whether they could have known about it or not. The whole army thing felt really convenient army of the dead thing and also like why not have been like we need you to get the ring to mordor as opposed to we need you to only save the-. like it's that it's not even really the important thing like had minister or fallen completely like that wouldn't have been the end of the world like they could have rebuilt from there as long as they get the the ring so it's like that wasn't even the main goal but that's the thing he makes i think that so so, I mean, it's very helpful to have it not fall. But. Right. Getting, getting to Minas Tirith, uh, what you're talking about, for those, if you haven't seen the fucking movies, who knows why you're still here on the third one. But uh, if you, on the way to Minas Tirith, Elrond comes in because Arwen is dying. And he's like, her, she's tied to your adventure now. So I need you to fucking to be good. So Elrond, before he comes, gets Narsol put back together. And they call it uh, blah, 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 the Flame of the West. I can't remember what they called it. Um, but essentially they put it back together as the sword for the king who he's supposed to be. And he essentially is like, I need you to be the king because this is who you are. This is who you've always been. And my daughter's dying. Like, I need you to 
to fucking solve this problem. And uh, he tells Aragorn that another army is coming from the flank, even though like they only know about the army that's coming yeah. from the front to Minas Tirith. And he says he needs to go and get these dead people and have them fight with him. Mm-hmm. And Aragorn finally says, okay, we're going to do it. And he leaves the company. Him, Legolas, and Gimli go off to do that adventure while everybody else is going off to Minas Tirith. Um, and <clears throat> also at Minas Tirith is Gandalf and Pippin. Because after the Palantir debacle, they go to Minas Tirith in order to try and get help from King Theoden. So we kind of skipped around. But well, I think he goes there to draw attention there as well. Yeah. And so, but they go there because Theoden doesn't want to light the lanterns to try and get help from Minas Tirith. And so they're going there to try and convince uh, the, the steward yeah. to, of Gondor, Gondor um, to light the, the fucking lanterns so that they could help each other out. And so they end up tricking him, and Pippin ends up going up to the towers and lighting him so that King Theoden knows that he needs to go to Minas Tirith. So that was a little jumbled up, but that's how we got to where we're at. Well, Gandalf didn't just light it ablaze with magic. We will never know. <laughs> he doesn't want to use his magic, bro. Ever. <laughs> People are dying, and he's like, let me get out my super flashlight. That's how he beats the fucking Nazgul that are chasing back uh, Boromir's brother. He rides out and like he's like "Mm, shiny staff. (laughs) They don't like the sun in their eyes. Nobody does, and it turns them back. Uh, I was like, really? You could have just like erupted one of them into flames, and the other one's like, all right, get the fuck out of here. Uh, But now it's like doesn't help defeat them at all. So I I think. Back to what you were saying earlier, I think the importance of of Gondor not falling is is that it's it's a um like a motivation thing. Like a, if that that's your biggest stronghold, if that yeah, falls, yeah. then like we have no chance. And they don't really. If they were to just battle Sau- Sauron, like they would have got wiped off the fucking face of the earth. So having except for once they had the. The army of the dead. But even then, having the army of the dead helps them. So once once Aragorn convinces them, because they, again, only the king of Gondor can can lead this army. Yes. So he, he is who he is, and he finally he fucking admits it to himself, and he takes the new sword, and he essentially convinces this dead army to come help him. And even in that time, they only still win that battle. But the amount of soldiers that Sauron actually has compared to what was on that battlefield is much more immense. And you see, oh, but that. I, I still think that army of the dead would have wiped them out. Like from what we see, like none of them die. The army of the dead can't die because they're already dead, and they wipe out a huge force in moments. But I don't know that. Again, it's <clears throat> in the heat of battle. I'm not sure that you're thinking of what's next. Uh, or what's past what's next. No, You're no, no. Thinking of how do I win this battle? That's not where I'm that's not where his decision was weird to me. His decision was weird to me when he went there to get them in the first place. Like the whole goal is to throw it's been the goal since the first movie, so we can't say that that's not on his mind. It's to get the ring to the the right. fucking inferno tower. <laughs> to <Mount> so <laughs> why not just go there and be like, "Hey, I need your help to X." And the first part of X is making sure Gondor doesn't fall, and then we march on this bitch and kick all his asses, and then he can throw the ring in the Because I don't know that they know that he's still – I don't know that they know where Frodo is, 
And I don't know that they know. You if don't have he's to. You you still know you got to clear it out before he gets there. But it, and if he's not alive, who gives a shit? <laughs> it's all for nothing. I don't know. I, I guess I don't. Again, for me, I think like Aragorn is just thinking. How that's, do we but that's why I think falling? this movie has the weakest ratings because right. like logically, you can break down some of the shit and go like, if Frodo's dead, this fight doesn't matter anyway. And this fight doesn't matter anyway. Why are we all dying here? <laughs> like, let's just fucking march out and give him this shit and make a new home somewhere else. <laughs> Hopefully we can regain later. Or if we're if it's all about Frodo, we sure don't ever really help Frodo at any given no, point. No, they don't. Except for the last they point can't. when we decide to murder ourselves to help him. Right. Which is the a weird scene too. With like that one mouth guy. <laughs> That's the mouth of Sauron, bro. <laughs> so, he raises the army. They come and essentially the big the big fight scene aside from the final fight scene is this one in in Gondor, uh, in Minas Tirith, where they essentially they they're having a huge battle before the fucking dead ever get there. The Nazgul are all there, um, and uh, King Theoden is and all of them are fighting the elephants. Um, and King Theoden again another really sad mo- part where he fucking gets squished and dies and uh, right before when that's it it was he he says a pretty sad little speech there that his body's broken and she's got to kind of move past it's a pretty sad little part um, I wasn't that emotional about it I know you're not emotional about anything uh, <laughs> oh jeez he's old uh, but Eowyn his like rallying speech was terrible. <laughs> He just screams, death. <laughs> his rallying speech got his soldiers rallied. I mean, I think they were already rallied. <laughs> they had been riding for a lot of days. <laughs> then there was the battlefield. <laughs> you got to admit, that was a weak, like, leadership speech moment. I mean, but you got to also remember, like, he's probably pretty tired. I mean, he's been possessed for God knows how many years. And he just woke up, and then he was enthralled in battle. <laughs> That's not really an excuse. <laughs> big excuse. What do you mean? Because <laughs> you could just make that excuse in any scene where there is a rallying cry moment for any leader if you wanted to, but you don't because don't there Aragorn are weak was ones. I don't think he was possessed. I didn't say any of that. I'm saying like no. Tired. I'm saying that. I'm saying but that any King leader Theoden has been at every moment when there's that rallying strike speech. Any one of those leaders should have been tired. Like go to like Independence Day. Like a motherfucker had been being chased around the entire United States. Has all been blown to fuck. His <laughs> wife died. He's been sitting in like a mountain waiting. He's about to go off to his death. He's had a pretty rough couple of days. He probably didn't get much sleep. Still managed to give out mean, one hell of a speech to motivate the troops. I don't mean tired like sleepy. I just mean tired like he's clearly he's recovered. Had, They've crossed a country, bro. He's had years of being possessed by somebody. And at this time in the book, he, a lot, quite a bit of time has I'm happened sure, between them. Sure, but we're not in the book. We're I'm in just the saying he's not a very inspirational dude on the battlefield. But he rallies his troops, and they all fight. <laughs> For Gondor, uh, the the fighting scene there was really cool too. I what I like about both Helm's Deep and and the the battle here at Gondor is that it's not contained to the masses that are outside. You see a lot of fighting actually in the castle and uh, and a lot of things going. I thought that it ends it lends itself a, a unique kind of look into how and a battle scene would look. picking people up and throwing them around. <laughs> yeah. Eagles decide not to show up at that point. Help. <laughs> the Eagles do their own thing. They're not under anybody's control, bro. They're, they don't give no, a fuck if, what happens. If you're going to help, you might want to help when you can save a couple people. 
Or I don't know, maybe Gandalf could turn on his big flashlight at any point. How about what's the magic? The other cool part that I think a lot of people would point to is after before Theoden dies, Eowyn and Mary essentially kill uh, the Nazgul king, the it witch. It was cool except for the line. The line made it so tacky. I think the line is in the book, though. I think that comes directly from the book. And you lost, you left a lot of things out of the book. <laughs> I'm just, it I, wouldn't, feel like it wouldn't, a, I feel like that's an Eowyn moment, though. It wouldn't come up... The moment, I don't think, is diminished by the line or improved by it. Like, she kills him. She's That she proves that she should always been there. But, like, it wouldn't read weird on a book page. It came, it came across super taggy to me in the theater when I watched it again. She's like, you could have me killed by no man. I have no man. I took I off. Think the way I she took like said 10 it. seconds. Yeah, it was just the, how it came delivery. across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it just came across super tacky. And that moment she gave him when she took off his helmet, he could have totally been like, whoosh, bitch slapped her. It's like when dudes take off their shirts before a fight. I know for a fact, because I punched him in his face while his shirt was over his face. It's a really big opening to hit somebody. When <laughs> <laughs> they take a moment to he remove a part of the bro. He was stabbed right before she said it. She literally took two seconds. Mary stabs him in the fucking leg. And he goes down to his knee. She says, I am no man. He is whammy. the baddest Nazgul there is. <laughs> and you're telling me Boromir, who fought through multiple arrows to the chest. <laughs> This one Nazgul couldn't have lifted his hand to bitch slap her while she was taking off her helmet to make a speech, a little so, speech. The reason why that is, is because the blade that he gets stabbed with is a special blade that is made by elves that, again, you only get if you watch the director's cut. So it's specific to why the Nazgul took as much time down as he did, which is a, it may be a cop-out at this point, but it w- there's actually a reasoning behind it. There's no cop-out to any of it. Like, the whole scene was completely fine. It's just she, it came across really tacky right. when she takes off her helmet and says that. Everything else about it was fine. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I was fine with her killing him. I don't know why Gandalf didn't just smote him earlier. <laughs> When he landed right next to him. I don't think Gandalf is a smoter. I don't think that he puts himself in the position to just solve everybody's problems. No, I don't either. But the motherfucker literally lands in front of him (laughs) and fucking bitches him out. (laughs) And he bitch slapped him. He broke his fucking staff. Yeah, which that I don't think would happen. (laughs) I don't know how it happened, but... (laughs) I don't think it would happen in the the lore. That definitely doesn't happen in the books, I'm pretty sure. That I don't remember, but I know I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure the I Am No Man came from the book, and it it refers to everybody treating her different because she is a female. I kind of remember that as well, too. And like that's why I'm fine with her getting to kill him, but I'm like, but Gandalf is also no man. Correct. He's also the most powerful wizard on the planet. He's basically an angel in their world. And like he could do nothing against this dude. Like it's just I think that I he, feel like they just made Gandalf kind of look like a bitch all of the movie. I think he I think that I, I, I think that he's more like a concierge yeah. than he is like a he, like he'll kill low level things, but it almost feels like he has the power to kill almost everybody. Yes. But like that's not his that's he not what he fucks up for. a Balrog. Right, like, right. I just don't it feels like that's not what his he's there for. And, he's there and, to help them try and kill all these. I things. could be wrong because I'm not a Lord of the Rings expert, but I think a Balrog which is essentially the same type of being that he is, but on the evil side, is a larger in power being than a Nazgul. It is. So, like, it's just, if you want to have him in that way, I don't think you deliberately put him in a scene where his magic could save things and then get bitch slapped out of it. Like, (laughs) to me, it's just like they made every opportunity to make him look like he doesn't really have that much power. He's pretty good with the sword. (laughs) 
Yeah, he got a big flashlight, but besides that, like if any real magic is needed, he can't do it. He can make himself look real big and imposing. That's all. I think, to me, I think that's what it, what I boil it down to in my head is he just, I feel like he could at any point pretty much destroy everything, maybe except for Sauron. Um, uh, but like his position in the in the story is to make it, so that they can do it, and I'm totally That's fine with that. Feel just don't have an Asgul land right in front of right. him and threaten him, like. And but, but we never even really get the final thing there because the Nazgul gets distracted and has to fly away. So we don't really know, like it, he checks him pretty hard, like breaks the stab, yeah, like, and he throws him his ass off the horse. Yeah, yeah, he does. Like it, it didn't look like it was going to go well for Gan. <laughs> he didn't look very like it, he thought it was going to go well for him either. <laughs> Um, that now is cool falls thanks to Eowyn and her not being a man. Yes. Um, which I thought was pretty cool. As she, uh, to my knowledge, I think that's the first now's goal to to actually die. I thought it was cool that her character got to kill him. Like I, I think the story writing does well to do that because right. like it it does iron out the fact that she deserves to be there. Right. Like and that it wasn't just you know a woman right it didn't they didn't make it silly but the the speech part made it silly <laughs> damn tolkien <laughs> yeah well, like i said i don't think it comes across weird in the book i i think it's a delivery i think it really is i think if she sits it's the facial expression it comes off a little silly yeah to she me. takes a second it's like the battles raging around her still and she's like <laughs> i am no man <laughs> <laughs> But uh, and the weirdest way to kill him too, like doesn't chop off his head, doesn't like stab him in the chest. She's like, I'm all fucking stab you in the face. There is a head. I mean, there's clearly a he's wearing a helmet. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's there's a, a neck part of that <laughs> below it. That. That's how heads work. Uh, and again, I think the only reason he dies is because these are special. Yeah, yeah. Tool these these swords that Aragorn gave to all the hobbits end up being special fucking tools and so, i just think it would have been more somatic had she lopped off his head <laughs> than the weird stab in the face it was pretty cool and then he kind of <laughs> yeah and then he implodes kind of thing. something weird happens yeah him. it was pretty cool i thought it was cool while that's happening um the steward of gondor why there's so many there's so, denethor um he's not a, again we we recognized in the last episode he's not a king he's there to hold down the fort until the kings come back he essentially thinks that faramir faramir Faramir, right? Yeah, he essentially thinks Faramir's dead because he's in battle. And and uh, Pippin's like, no, Mary Pippin is like, he's not fucking dead like you. And so he goes to find Gandalf because Denethor is going to burn him to death now first that of all, he, he thinks he's dead. My first thing I do as the new king is we kill all those guards. Because <laughs> if you were too much of a pussy to say, dude, your son's alive and you were going to burn him alive... You don't deserve to be <laughs> in the guard kingdom because he's like sweating bullets and moving. Like I'm like, yeah, he's playing that dead. Dead people don't sweat. <laughs> Even if you missed a couple of the movements, like you look at his face, he's like dripping sweat. It's you got to like, remember too that at this point, Denethor is pretty much insane. He's, no, I get he's, why Denethor yeah. is doing it. He's a crazy. He's a crazy person the whole time. Right. But there's like ten guards around him, like watching it happen, like. 
Uh, probably should we say something? Like, <laughs> kid's clearly alive. <laughs> like, we're just going to let him burn him. He stacks Faramir in this giant pile of wood, and he's going to burn him. Yeah. Uh, Gandalf storms in after Pippin goes to find him and tell him what's happening. And he essentially jumps onto the pile of wood and is like, and threatens that he's going to burn both of them. Um, and then Gandalf's horse kicks him in the face, which yes. if you actually know anything about a horse kicking someone in the face, that would have been the end of him <laughs> right there. <laughs> Shit would fucking hurt. If you're not dead, that shit would hurt. You're unconscious. That shit would hurt so bad. And dying. <laughs> I got kicked in the leg by a horse and couldn't walk for like a week and a half. I got bucked off of one. One bit me too, uh, bastard. No, I fell off of one. I didn't get bucked off because I didn't I know. I didn't know how to ride the horse. <laughs> it was my first time riding a horse. I fell off of it, and when I went to get up, I put my arm on its like back end and didn't like that and fucking kicked back and kicked me right in the leg, right above the knee. And my leg was bruised like six inches below my knee, like all the way up to my waist. And I literally could not walk for almost a week and a half. Yeah, that shit would fucking hurt. But he ends up essentially being lit on fire himself. And he runs off of this giant. That's what you were talking about earlier uh, in the from Numenor. They look yeah. exactly the same. He runs off this giant fucking. Which is like a football stretch. field distance, too, by yeah. the way. Like, you yeah. can't actually run that far all on fire. <laughs> I, I, I told, I said it out loud. I don't know if Alicia heard me when I said it, but I was like, that would probably hurt for like a few seconds. I don't know how long you could continue moving. Not that but long. I, I, I mean, you're not going to hurt any. It's going to be the most excruciating yeah. pain you've ever been in for a little bit, and then you won't feel it. Anymore. They've even done i've even read stuff on them like they've studied how people died when they like burned them at the stake and stuff and even like you typically would have been super dead before the fire even really started to do mass damage to you due to like smoke inhalation and like heat that shit would be excruciating yeah it would suck and you would have made it like 15 <laughs> feet and died so he runs a football field distance and then throws himself off of this giant he fucking screams the whole way down to there there goes the, what does he say the kingdom of denethor i don't remember like, the line goes i don't remember what Gondor, gandalf says i think he says like steward of gondor <laughs> super cold line <laughs> Uh, while that's happening, um, we we get the save from the dead army and uh, Legolas, Gimli, and um, Aragorn. Uh, and they come and pretty much save the day. Oh, I mean, yeah, they just like march in and murder everything. Yeah, and you get to see the cool the cool acrobatics that Legolas has on all the elephants, um, jumping just... off of trunks and shit. It's very cool. I think it's cool. No, I mean, it looks sick. Yeah. I just wish they'd have been like, all right, I'm going to let you go. You gotta kill that one guy over there. <laughs> He's just over there. It's not far. <laughs> you can't renege on your deal, though. I mean, you gotta you gotta say that in the mountain. You can't say that at the end of the. I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but I remember every other time I watched this going, like it wouldn't really have been reneging. It was like he was like, "You have to help me with this. Well, this is part of that." <laughs> <laughs> if you said. <laughs> because like like you said, if the rest were, of that army could have still just marched in and murdered God. But if you were like, hey, you need to come help me with this battle or whatever, however you word it, and then we finish that, and then you're like, oh, but also this is a part of that. I'd be like, really, bro? It's <laughs> not what you said. Yeah, but then I'd also be like, really, bro? You telling me that I'm not doing what I say? Who's been cursed under a mountain for 500 years? I think that Aragorn is a man of his word, and that's why he released them. He yeah, probably shouldn't have. So, <laughs> that's what Gimli says. <laughs> Would have been smart. <laughs> That's exactly what Gimli says. But he's he's a man of his word. So once the army of the dead and everybody kills everybody on the battlefield, he releases them and they're off to live a peaceful death now. Whatever that looks like. Who knows? <laughs> they evaporate. So at that point, 
<clears throat> they essentially it, Gandalf says something that about the fact that Frodo has passed into an area of Mordor where he can no longer feel him or see him his presence. Yeah. And so they essentially come up with the plan of like we're going to distract Sauron enough and hopefully he takes the bait so that yeah. Frodo and Sam can go and do their thing in Mount Doom. And it's essentially them going to their death. That's what it feels like. That's what they think is going to happen as well. <clears throat> so yeah, they, it, they, seems, it seems pretty hopeless. Yeah, I mean, it, when you look at when they when they go to Mount Doom and he talks to the mouth of Sauron, which you're not a fan of. Um, that was not as a fan. It was just a weird moment. So it was like, this guy should be, in my opinion, very powerful. If he's like literally a living embodiment, like a part of Sauron, I don't know if he's a. I mean, he's a giant mouth. <laughs> they definitely made it out to be that way, <laughs> and like he just lops his head clean off. He's like, mm, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, this dude does not defend himself at all. <laughs> just talk for Sauron. <laughs> Let's see. The mouth of Sauron is one of the. I don't know. I don't know much about him, so he's one of the. Where to go? The mouth of Sauron was one of Sauron's most devoted servants, serving as his herald and messenger and as the lieutenant of the Tower of Baradur. At the time of the War of the Ring, his true name was forgotten even by himself. So he's just a servant. Yeah, but he's also the commander of an army. Correct. So, I mean, I don't know. Could have fought for two seconds. He was a man uh, whose early history was unknown. He was one of the black Numenorians. Ooh, so he came from uh, those, those See, people. See, elves were black before this. I think that just means like evil. <laughs> I don't think that means literal color. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but uh, he kills the mouth of Sauron because the the uh, when Gollum leads Sam and and uh, Frodo to Shelob, the giant fucking spider, she essentially paralyzes his ass, and yeah. the, the orcs steal all of his shit. So the mouth of Sauron has his mithril vest that he's been wearing this whole time, and he tries to convince Aragorn that he's dead at this point, and so he just fucking lops his head off. <clears throat> and so they go back, and Aragorn gives a great speech. I think there, yeah, he does about the fall of man, and it's not this day. It's a it's a really really good speech there yeah, it makes, because it makes Theoden look like a piece of shit. <laughs> at that point, there's like a thousand people to what comes out to be like thirty or forty thousand people. This army that comes out of the gates of of uh, of Mordor is is huge. It, it engulfs them essentially. Um, but they have a cool fight there for a little bit uh, until. Sam and Frodo get their shit together and uh, take them back up the mountain. Sam carries them up the mountain. Yeah. That's pretty cool. As if Smeagol I can't carry proves. the ring, but I'll carry you. And Smeagol proves he's a bitch at the end. <laughs> Been a bitch this whole time. <laughs> you think he's dead at this point because he got thrown down this giant fucking well or whatever the fuck it was. I don't know how he lived through that either. <laughs> Because you could see like 80 feet down. That's a long way. So. He lived a really long life too, old, old Gollum. Yeah, because the ring gave him a natural life. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he kept having a natural life because we saw it kind of left Bilbo the second. So that's another interesting thing that I, I listened to. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to send you the link if you care. But it, apparently it doesn't immediately take away the effects of what has happened. And that was proven because Gollum hasn't had the ring for years. 
yeah, long, by long that time. for a long, long time. And so the Bilbo was an exaggeration, I think, just meant to show that maybe time has passed, where Gollum is the real embodiment of what actually happened. Because he hasn't had the ring since Bilbo took it from him. Yeah. And so if, if that was the case, where it would just take away your unnatural long life, he would have been probably old and dead by this point. But no, he chews off Frodo's finger, <laughs> takes the ring, and then they do a weird little push and pull and he falls into the lavas that's the only time where i thought this looks really fake yes that's one of the few like most of it looks pretty legit as you're watching all three movies that's one of the times where i'm like this doesn't look very good um but while they're fighting over the ring and then Gollum falls in it is true he falls to his death (laughs) and then they decide to just be burned alive outside well, they couldn't move anymore. They could. They were engulfed by lava. They jumped hey, onto that one rock. They still and they could have kept moving. No. That doesn't rock, fully engulf them until they lay down. The rock they jump on is to save themselves from getting engulfed by lava, and then you see it engulf the rest of the area. I remember. Uh, I just watched the morning. It, like, it's creeping there. They still have, like, it's a small out, but they still have an out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. You know, they definitely, <laughs> I just watched it. They definitely could have made another jump or two, Ish. and they're just kind of out of it, and they're just like, well, I'll just lay here. <laughs> Honestly, if I'm, like, conceding my life to lava, I'm just going to put my head in that shit. Like, I don't think I'm just going like, to lay down and let it burn me slowly. Is it, like... No. Inches up. I'm like, like, that's going to suck. I'm going to get this over with quick. I think that's probably the decision you make once it's like, once you know, all right, I'm I'm dead. Yeah, like, like, it's coming. If it's. I'm going to jump in. Yeah. (laughs) I would have made it real quick, too. Like, I'm not just going to lay there and be like, it's going to suck like centimeter by centimeter (laughs) as it rises. God, that would be awful, too. Ugh. I think you take a header into the lava, you're dead pretty fast. (laughs) Still. Still would suck. That wouldn't be fun. <laughs> uh, obviously, all the fighting is happening out there while Sam and, and, and Frodo and Gollum are fighting for the ring in the Mount Doom. Um, and uh, I don't think anybody dies, really, of, of importance in that battle. I think everybody pretty much survives. Um, and then the eagle swoop in last second. The eagle swoop in. To now help, that everything's done. <laughs> to help Frodo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Eagles have just been watching. <laughs> There's been a lot of articles written on why that is, and I, I told you apparently eagles just don't give a fuck. They don't. They're not commanded by Gandalf. No, I know. So I know that. Just, it's just, just being like, eh, it's fuck just, you guys. I wonder why they gave a fuck at all. <laughs> like, I can I can fully get behind the eagles are just like whatever we're <laughs> eagles, but then why were they like? All right, let's not let these two little bitches die. <laughs> It looks like they're good. We should probably swoop in and help now. We <laughs> we need to be written into this story that yeah. we helped. We were there. We, we were totally there. Yeah, we helped that little guy. With we, the were, we were fighting. You didn't see us? <laughs> no. The Nazgul were raining hellfire on us. Yeah, we were there. You just got to look harder. Yeah. Oh, man. You only saw two or three of the Nazgul. We were finding the other ones. <laughs> it's true. So, yeah, I don't think anybody dies. The Eagles come and they help destroy some of the... I don't know that anybody gets killed, but the Nazgul, they all get fought off. And once the ring falls and gets dissolved, everything crumbles. (laughs) Mount Doom, uh, the tower that... I don't think it's called Mount Doom. I don't remember the fucking tower that he lives in, what it's called. But the tower falls and essentially his spirit is finally destroyed. And it fucking blows up, and it essentially crumbles around all of the orcs and makes them fall in. He goes like, we had to get rid of Sauron's shoes this whole time. It was a whole nother journey. You need to know about it. All that linked him to this earth was his shoes and that ring. 
He poured 98% of his malice into the <laughs> ring, but 2% of those shoes. <laughs> they were magic fucking moccasins. <laughs> Makes as much sense as a ring. Uh, and that's where essentially the, the bad ends there. Then you see... And then the movie ends for another 45 minutes. Yes. Uh, and then you get credits in the fucking in the extended edition for a good thirty minutes too. I was like, "What is going on? Where's what's going on with these credits?" I think everyone. I, I think part of its negative review, which is still not that negative, it's still eighties something, but like are because of those endings. Like, and it wasn't even because of all of the stuff in the endings. It's just the way that they shot it, the way that they like fully brought each one of those endings to an end, and they were like, "Boop boop boop." 15 more minutes of movie. All right, that comes to an end. Boop, boop, boop. 15 more minutes of movie. And it's just like, dude, where's the end? <laughs> are, you, are you giving every movie the same? What did you give The Two Towers? I don't even know if we talked about it. I'm giving them all oh, the same. The Two Towers, I would have been like 92. This movie, I would be like 88. So 94 and a half. 86, 88. So 87. <laughs> There's a lot of holes in this movie, I feel like. There's a lot of weird things people do. It's still like a cool, epic journey. So we gave it a 92. So I I do think that I do think that it was written it was shot funky um, because yeah. you do get a lot of blackout scenes there at the end where you think it is over but it is I think a lot of the endings needed to be where they were because that's how I sure. mean you see them go off into uh, to to be with the elves and you know all of that kind of stuff at this point in the movie Sauron or in the book Saruman's not even dead he actually leads a rebellion in the Shire and then they go and fucking kill him yeah. over there um, but some of them some of it is nece- is necessary in my opinion but it was shot in a way that made it seem like it was going to end a few times I didn't think we needed sad Frodo moment. And I don't remember the books enough to know if he was super sad Which like time? that at the end. He's sad all the time at the end. <clears throat> no, I mean at the very end where he's like, I know you guys can live here, but I'm too sad. When he lives, when he gets on the boat. Earth. Which I don't even know if that was really his reasoning for getting on the boat in the books. Uh, I don't either. But I don't remember them being like, he's so sad that he can't live here anymore. I know that Sam follows him. Once Sam has lived a very long life, yeah, eventually he, he, goes. he eventually goes as well to be with Frodo. Um, for me, the other cool scene in this is when Aragorn that happens almost directly after the battle. He's crowned king. I think you honestly could have just ended it there. Like, I think so many people would have been like, "What the fuck?" Like, this whole chapter two is missing from the movie. Yeah, but they did that anyway. I know. Like, so it's just like I feel like Frodo leaving is is an important. I don't. You're right. At I this point, I haven't read the book in a minute. At this point, you have like nine hours of film. Like, <laughs> let these little bastards have a good life. Like, you basically end it with like, and it's still sad. Like, <laughs> no way. Going going to be with the elves and living forever there. That's not sad. That's he happy. goes to live with the elves because he. He's miserable. But he's going to be happy there. It doesn't say that. <laughs> it's just that he's not happy here. It kind of turns out he's just a sad Frodo all the time. So, But the the Aragorn finally getting to be with Arwen. She's all good. They're going to be married king and queen. Him lifting her chin I think was pretty cool in, in the show of like you don't need to fucking like he knows they, they already know they love each other. Like they don't need to show that little bit of weird respect. And then the other like 
<clears throat> you guys bow to no one scene was really cool when everybody bows to the hobbits. I thought that was really cool. I've seen a few like YouTube reaction videos to that, to what seems like people who've never seen the movie who are crying and, and, uh, you know, like, Oh my God, that's a beautiful moment. I think it's really cool. I don't know that it bring me to tears, but I think it's a pretty cool moment. It is. Like, I agree. You guys are the reason we're fucking still here. <laughs> or they should have ended it with just the hobbits, like riding back into hobbit and all dressed in like they're super, warrior gear oh, that they've yeah, collected yeah, yeah, yeah. that would have been a cool moment too or just end with him writing the book like I'm, that, I think that's the real obvious ending with him like finishing the book just boop because it's not like you showed everything like Gimli and Legolas end up going to the Foreverlands as well together like they didn't they didn't show everything so you didn't I just feel like you didn't have to end it with like everyone it's still sad I don't know that again I and, and I would have to read it again I feel like Frodo going to the Undying Lands feels really important uh and so showing that there is probably what was important about it i don't i don't remember that's what i'm saying i don't remember because i haven't read the book well i'm not saying it's not important in the books but i'm saying like what was important about in the movie to show us that like i'd have to reread the book in order to see what the connection was i don't but again like in the movie it would at this point is different from the books in lots of ways (laughs) like at what point did we like did we really need to know that like frodo like never gets over it <laughs> like that he's like demoned like <laughs> he's like has this like plague on his soul for the rest of his life like i don't know happy endings are all right to a degree man it was a pretty happy ending for everyone but frodo i think he had a happy ending just not in I that moment literally watched before i came to your house i did not feel like he ended happy <laughs> no, whatsoever I, I mean in the in the future i feel like once he got there he probably had a pretty happy maybe ending. <laughs> So that's pure speculation. It is. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. <laughs> we don't even know if that it's it's a happy place over there. We can get over there and Sauron can be there. It's like, hey, fuck. We don't know that it's a happy place. It feels like a pretty happy place. Though. Oh, we're to the end. Yes. I We've ringed as far as we can ring. I love this whole fucking franchise. I could Overall, it's very good. I could literally watch it at any moment, but then I'm like, I got to watch all three of them. And so I end up doing that. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. it. It's I have nothing but good things to say about it. If you haven't read them, you should definitely read them. Um, the easiest starting off point for this universe is The Hobbit. It's one book. Yes. And it's not that big. They turned one small book into three giant movies for some fucking reason. It, it doesn't, Money. It didn't. Well, I know. I know that reason. But I mean, like, it's just not necessary. Um, but... Uh, it's a good starting point. And then The Lord of the Rings is the easiest way to go from there. Um, like I said before, I'm giving away a ton of books. Um, I don't, let me see. I don't know if I can bring it up to see what I am. What I am. I guess I could just go get them. So uh, there is a regular The Hobbit that I'm giving away with the, with the big one. Um, I also have a hardcover annotated version of The Hobbit, which also has the... Uh, I believe a few of the very first uh, riddles and poems that you get from The Hobbit. Um, so this was a pretty cool find. Um, I'm giving away. I ordered the wrong Bar- <laughs> Baron and Luthien. <laughs> and Alicia was like, it says that your uh, shit, Indonesian uh, Baron and Luthien was delivered. And I was like, Indonesian? What? So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to keep it. It's a cool. I have one for my own collection. So I was like, ah, it'll, it'll go good. I bought the English version to go away with it, give it away with it as well. 
But I was like, ah, Indonesian, that'll be a unique addition to somebody's collection. But you're getting both the Indonesian version and the English version of the of Baron and Luthien. The fact that they can't read it is nothing. <laughs> it's cool, though. I can't read it either. I'm keeping it in my collection. But it's the Baron and Luthien, I think, is the very first uh, elf and human relationship. And so that's their story. Um, I'm giving away a copy of The Fall of Gondolin. Um, which is its own unique story. It's not a. It's it's in the universe, but it's not tied to anybody that's well known. Um, I'm giving away a set of books that includes the regular Hobbit, the Fellowship, the Two Towers, and the Return of the King. And I'm giving away a set that includes the Tolkien Reader, the Silmarillion, and Unfinished Tales, and Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. Um, all Tolkien Tolkien stuff. And then individual books as well. But this one, the person who wins the big one is going to have as much lore as I could find in one setting. So it's going to be a pretty cool – for somebody who likes to read and loves to, loves this lore, I think it will be a pretty cool addition to their to their collection. So um, there's a lot of – this annotated Hobbit I'd never seen before. And so I picked it up – I picked up one up for myself as well. So It's basically all of the books. It's basically every Tolkien book that I could find, and I think, like I said, there's one or two more coming I didn't still. even know this Fall of Gondolin book existed. Yeah. I didn't know some of these existed at all. Um, so it, it, they're cool additions to, to what I have. Um, there's, still, there's still a $750 history of Middle-Earth that I'm sure at some point I'll convince who I need to convince into buying. <laughs> What but, makes it seven hundred and fifty dollars? It's twelve books, and I think they're all hardcovers, and it's just not a normal thing. But I was just adding books to remind myself of what I wanted and what I needed for the future, and I think it ended up being like fifteen hundred dollars total. I was like, "Yeah, I'm not ordering that right now. <laughs> I'll hold off." <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of books. But it's my favorite. It's probably my most favorite thing I've read personally. Um, and it's, I think it just stems from reading it at such a young age and just being enthralled by the vast density of this universe that he created. So, um, but yeah, so we're giving away a lot of stuff. I have all the movies. Like I said, I have one that's all of the trilogy that'll go to somebody. And then I have individuals as well. So, uh, look out for all of that stuff. We'll try and make it easy. I don't want it to be a math puzzle or something crazy. You got to figure out. We just want to have fun. So, uh, until then, I don't know what we'll talk about next time, but this has been four pretty big episodes of Lord of the Rings stuff. Yes. Hopefully you guys enjoy it all. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! Ah!